Welcome to Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy, episode 138, coming from two separate countries. <laughs> Henny, two separate li- countries. Yes, Henny's living only- room. Oh yeah, my living room. Yeah. And your backyard. And, and, yeah, my, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is my South American estate. All <laughs> right. So, so two different countries and only two speakers. Yes, after two weeks of having different guests on, um, which was a ton of fun, a ton of fun. So much fun, but yeah. back to back to no fun today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I hope that uh, despite the fact that it's just our two boring voices that you'll still have fun with us. I was listening to the news they were talking about um that that i guess did you know this that the federal government and the province of of quebec have a um, maple syrup reserve that sometimes yes and that they've had to tap into it did you like that (laughs) tap into it Uh (laughs) um they've had to tap into it and and release 20% 20% of of the reserve because of the extraordinary demand that has happened in the last while. And so the reason that they do that, they keep the extra and then they release it when necessary because that helps stabilize prices. Oh, wow. So they don't flood the market with it or they don't get into a situation where they don't have enough and that price goes kind of crazy. So, so that has just happened. Did you also, here's a fun fact. 70% of the world's maple syrup comes from Quebec. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. Although I did know that a tremendous amount of maple syrup worldwide is sourced in Quebec. I did know that. Wow. I wonder why there's like extra demand right now. Yeah, I, I that I don't know. Unless unless it's not that the demand has increased, but that the supply has decreased. Well, you know what I mean? like because that's always a, yeah. that's always something to consider, especially as hmm. climate changes and temperatures yeah. are different. And you know, like I wonder if you know you that, have a, that, a a year yeah. that doesn't yield as much doesn't, crop, right? There's not a bumper crop this last year. Maybe that 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 could be. So mm-hmm. I hadn't considered that, but that that part of there that information was not available. I was listening to like Marilyn Dennis and I'm not sure it's Jabal Jamar. Jamar. Yeah. Jamar. And they were they were talking about it, but they they were mentioning it in relation to that Biden also, they has just announced that they were going into their reserves in the U.S., but it was for oil, and that Canada was going into their reserves <laughs> for maple syrup. For maple syrup, that's yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a funny punchline. I like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the U.S. also has um, a reserve, and I know that we, when I say this, you're going to remember because we've read about it with dairy, with milk. Yes. So that yeah. And it, and it's for the same reason mm-hmm. to keep really keep prices stabilize. yeah to stabilize, stabilize prices. prices. Ah, interesting. Yeah. 
Anyways, I, that was definitely had no idea that the government <laughs> that the government of Canada had a maple syrup maple syrup reserve. But I mean, yeah, you know, you know, of all of the things to keep in reserve. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but in How all in, in all honesty, if you, if you are responsible for seventy percent of the syrup that is available worldwide, you you would kind of want to make sure that you had some. Yeah. I, and I have to say, it is it is something that I bring back when I come back to Peru because one, it is ridiculously cheap in Canada, and it is extremely expensive here for you know like a little container here. Yeah. You could I, I you know in Canada I know I can get that for like four dollars four ninety nine, mm-hmm. and here it's like twenty bucks. I always bring, like, I'll go to Winners or whatever and see, like, small containers of it because it's always a nice thing to give because here it's a treat for people that they don't, especially local Mm -hmm. people, they don't spend the money on, right? Of course, yeah. Um, And it's just a nice thing, you know, so as being Canadian. It's it's the perfect kind of gift for a Canadian abroad to give, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so today there was one of the ladies, it was her birthday today, so I took one of those little, I had a can of maple syrup that I just brought back. One of those with just a little card saying just a little something, you know, sweet from Canada, you know, to to make your day or something like that. Oh, that's she was cute. thrilled. She's like, I can't oh, wait to put this on my pancakes, you know? Like, <laughs> so funny. You know. I like yeah. that. Okay. I wanted to chat with you about a book that I recently listened to. And there are a couple of things that I wrote down from the book because I thought either I really liked them or I thought they might be interesting to chat about or I wanted to sort of get your take on them or whatever it might be. And so the book is written by Gary John Bishop and it's called um, it's called Un-F-U asterisk K oh, yeah. Yourself. And then yeah. the subtitle is Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life. And so it's, you know, if it sounds like a self-help book to you, that's because it is. <laughs> it's very it's very much in the self-help genre. It's a super short, super slim book. I listened to it. It was a three-hour long book. Like, it's super, super short. And it's really just him talking about that if you feel, if you feel that you are stuck in whatever way or in whatever area of your life that the real solution to that is to just do you're you're stuck in a situation that you're not happy with so do something different you're stuck at a weight that you're not happy with so do something different you're stuck in a financial situation that you're not happy with do something different like that's really the solution so at its very core it's extremely simplistic and i don't think particularly clever yeah, but there but there were a few things that either made me go hmm or that I really liked. And so I thought I might highlight a few of those things and and get your take on it. So one of the things that he said was that we as a human race are wired to win. And I was like, okay. And so he yeah. said, uh so the thinking behind this is that every time you do something, you prove something to yourself. 
So you're either proving that you can achieve something or you're proving that you can't achieve something. You're either proving that you are worthy of something or you're proving that you're not worthy of something every time you do. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, for, ex I don't know, like even to think of like the simplest things, like, you know, if you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to set my alarm at, you know, six for, you know, for 6.30 and I'm going to get up at 6.30 and the first thing I'm going to do is go for a walk and then come back and shower. Like if that's what you set out to do and then every time you do that, you prove to yourself that you can do the things that you set out to do. You prove to yourself that you are capable of doing those things. You prove, like whatever it is, right? But every time yeah. you don't do that thing that you've set out to do, you're proving to yourself the opposite, right? You're proving to yourself that you can't commit to something. You're proving to yourself that you're unable to do that. Like, and so the thing that his point is that you have to make sure that because you have to make sure that you are proving the right thing to yourself. Okay. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Keep yeah. Going. And so, so what I was thinking about when I was reading that section is it's similar to some of the things that we talk about with in WW with this idea of like behaviors and the, the connection between like thinking and acting and that, that when you think something about yourself, then if you do things that reinforce that thought, then that thought becomes even stronger. And so you want to make sure that you're reinforcing positive things, right? So you want to set yourself up for success. So you, if you want to reinforce the idea that you are you know, capable of doing something, you want to set yourself up so that you can actually accomplish that. If you want right. to prove to yourself that you are, I mean, even the simplest things, like if you want to prove to yourself that you are a patient person, then you want to set yourself up for success. You want to put yourself in situations where your patience is maybe not going to be tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. want to sort of, you want to sort of build these, uh, these situations and build these environments around yourself so that you can prove the things that you want to be right yeah and I thought that was interesting and and quite accurate because I think the opposite like like the opposite of proving to yourself that you are something is proving to yourself that you aren't and then you run the risk of like becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy right yeah and so this is where these are the the moments when you when you're telling yourself well i can't ever do this i'm not that kind of person and so if you continually put yourself in a situation where you prove to yourself that you're not that kind of person it just yeah. reinforces yeah. the idea that that's not for you like this whole this this idea was um, not something that I've never heard before, you know, certainly yeah. something familiar, but it was interesting to hear it under, like to hear it again and to hear it through the lens of, you know, we are, he said, we are wired to win. Like we are wired to achieve the things that we set out to achieve. And yeah. so if we are, 
setting out to achieve something negative, we are going to achieve that. Like if we are setting out to prove to ourselves that we are unable to accomplish something, we will certainly not accomplish that thing. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so I, so I thought that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, the other thing he said was that I actually, that I really liked is he said, your future is not the solution to your present. Yes. Right. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so often we find ourselves in a current situation and we think to ourselves, okay, but the future will be different or the future will be better. Or once I get to this point, like, you know, today, no, it's like, I will be happy when I, you know, I lose yeah. 20 pounds, then I will be happy. That is so, and it's, that's, there's no guarantee that that will happen because whatever is making you not happy is probably not the 20 pounds. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But we blame the 20 pounds or we, instead of, instead of looking for what the real reason is behind what, why we're not happy, we make an assumption that that must be the easier thing I think is to, to blame it on, blame it on ourselves, which could be our weight, our height, our intelligence. I mean, there's a lot of things that we take, which, but really maybe the reason that we're not happy doesn't really have anything to do with us necessarily, but outside somebody else is doing something that is making us not happy, mm -hmm. which has nothing to do with whether I weigh 150 pounds or 250 pounds. Yeah, your future happiness is not the solution to what's going on right now. I yeah. like I like that. I haven't heard uh, it that way before, so. No, I that. also, I felt the same way. Like I hadn't heard it phrased that way. And as soon as he said it, I was like, Ooh, I, I like it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I think often that's it. Like, and I, and I wonder if some of it is this too, like some of, sometimes it's like, okay, like I'm just thinking about, you know, any sort of conflict or any sort of issue that we're in where it's like, well, if I just get to this point, then it'll be better. Like once yeah. it's, once it's the weekend, it will be fine. Once it's Christmas yeah. holidays, it will be fine. Once it's this, it'll be fine. But, mm -hmm. but but when we think that way, we're not moving toward any, any solution. No. We're just telling ourselves, I guess really we're just assuming that with time things will go away, but real problems don't go away. No, no. All we're doing is pushing, pushing them forward or to the side and wishing that something is going to happen or, or be different without putting yeah. any effort into it or really working on it. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I can or think, I, I mean it's something I, I do. I mean, I do it all the time, right? Like, you know, today there is something to be said though, Henny, because sometimes you can be like, you know what? I feel like this today, but it doesn't mean I'm going to feel like this tomorrow. Like, yes. Right. And so yes. there is yes. some, there's something about that that is true. Like just like feelings are fluid. So if you're talking about a, how you feel, mm. that can be something that will. But but again, because feelings are fluid, you're not you're not going to stay feeling the way you're feeling right now without right you know contributing something to that either. So so a, a yeah. feeling over time could dissipate, yeah. could shift into something else, could yeah. you know like like that is true. But I think. When you're talking about 
like an issue. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's no like magical solution no. if it's never if it's never dealt yeah. with, right? Or or even and like you know, I say if it's never dealt with. Well, I mean, sometimes dealing with a dealing with a problem isn't necessarily. Sometimes the best solution is just to come to terms with this is the problem and this is how it is, right? Like right. You know, like there are some, you know, some situations, I guess, where, you know, or maybe for a period of time, like maybe, maybe it's not a problem that you're going to always be of the opinion that I just have to deal with it for now, but for a period of time, you might, it just needs to be like, so I'm just going to accept that this is how it is for now. Yes. And, you know, maybe, yeah, but even then, like. Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. It is tricky. Now, I mean, I this, and I'm I'm gonna have to listen back to this episode because just as we're talking, I'm like we're just talking in a bunch of circles here, but it's really problem solving with each other by saying it out loud. And when you say it out loud, then you realize that there's some flaws sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> in, what, in your process. That's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is. <laughs> And then you say it, you're like, wait a minute, but now I've got myself into a situation where this is not really a solution. <laughs> like, no. that isn't really true. What I've been telling myself, or I think I'm telling myself, not actually what is. <laughs> I guess, I guess what I'm thinking is that sometimes, and this is related to your idea about like, you know, feelings, because this is the other thing too, is if you, if there is some sort of an issue and you are feeling uh, agitation mm. or um, embarrassment or jealousy or whatever it is you're feeling related to whatever that situation is, sometimes it is best to allow that, to give yourself the time before attempting the solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think that's different from assuming that if I just stick my head in the sand and let time pass, that magically yeah. the, the problem will disappear. I mean, yeah, I know, like, you know, given, like, if I think of, if I think of my weight history and, you know, if I, I mean, I don't know as it's necessarily accurate to call my weight history like an issue or a problem but but I would say for myself there are times in my life when my weight was a true problem because it was getting in the way of my of the way that I wanted to live my life and it was getting in the way of the way that I was feeling so so I would for myself at moments I would call it a problem and my way of dealing with it was always to just pretend that it wasn't there like pretend that that problem didn't exist you know (laughs) no one else pretended like the problem wasn't there but I was quite content to just stick my head in the sand and and that is never going to like I'm never going to find a solution by doing that right I, I, I can I mean I spent many years of my life just waiting it out (laughs) (laughs) months and years just waiting it out and uh yeah maybe it's yeah that's right that that wasn't a solution it's just baby fat you'll outgrow it (laughs) okay but like truthfully how many times did I hear that as a child 
a bajillion. Yeah. And, and you know what? I never outgrew it. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, right. I grew into it and then some. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, that was that was interesting. One of his big like uh strategies, like one of his big uh suggestions for like this is what you need to do this is how you fix it like this is how this is how you you know to use his subtitle get out of your head and into your life his big advice is be relentless hmm. and so the thinking was be relentless with whatever it is that you do and i kind of liked that well i i mean it sounds great but when you're feeling really shitty it's pretty hard i mean sure you want me to be relentless being shitty and feeling sorry for myself okay I'll, i don't i don't need to unf that honey i can just like take it all in yeah like that, that i guess i i agree with you because you're right it sounds great and i like the idea of relent like being relentless it it's like you know persevering through anything never giving yeah. up like it's all those like lovely sentiment kind of things but when you're exhausted yeah. You don't feel like being relentless. No, you don't. You know, don't. when you're bored, I, yeah. you don't feel like being relentless. When you're discouraged, you don't feel yeah. like being relentless. Yeah. I mean, we only have so much energy available to us every day. And so there are, are things that happen that require more of that energy. And then, you know, you've only got so much left. And it's really hard to to stay relentless when there's like nothing in the tank. Yeah. That's so what, how I think, so how do you do it then? Well, how well, do I don't... you stay relentless with things when there's nothing in the tank? Well, that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's shit. I think if we knew the answer to that, then, you know, most of us would be in a really different situation. I, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're asking me, you know, I mean, right today's an example we were chatting before and i was feeling like i'm gonna fall asleep and i'm just kind of like uh put a headset on we start talking and all of a sudden i'm animated i've got all this energy <laughs> so we're, like and this is not the first time this has happened because for me at the end of the day my energy is like there's not much left in the tank mm -hmm. and 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 so but but then as soon as like we're gonna record i'm like okay well i know like game on it's like you know i feel good and and i feel and i don't even feel that bit of tired right so i guess saying that out loud is that it's finding something to be relentless about or for where even when you are feeling so low mm. or just kind of like blah that mm -hmm. you you have enough energy just to get into that because you know it almost, mm -hmm. it actually almost fuels you mm -hmm. again. So maybe it's the things that you're relentless about. Mm. Maybe that's how you tell, tell how important those things are to you is right. about how, how the ability to, for you to pick up the pace and be relentless about them, yeah. about achieving them. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That the things that you are the things that you are choosing to be relentless about, I mean, they have to be things that you like. They have to be things that you enjoy doing. They have to be things that bring you some sort of, of 
pick me up or happiness, right? Otherwise, otherwise, how could you continue to be relentless about them? And and why why are you trying to be relentless yeah. about them? Maybe 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 part of the the you know uneffing yourself is to like decide what things are worth being yeah you know pursuing in a relentless about. yeah and yeah. letting go of the other things that you feel you should be relentless about maybe I mean there's I know I know that you and I both have had times where there's been like a lot of different things going on and you had to like all right like let's really think about this like what is really important what are the things that it really doesn't matter they're nice things or they're things I'm doing bec- for other reasons then I really want to do them for myself mm-hmm. and then letting go of them and and then feeling much better about it I mean I can think about you when I first met you you were trying to do all of this stuff but you were also still pursuing like higher education yeah. but didn't really have the time that you wanted to make you feel good to put towards it mm-hmm. but it was a it was a real struggle for you for over yeah. over a year that yeah. I knew you and I don't know how long the struggle was going on before that yeah right before yeah. you said okay it's not forever necessarily that I'm letting yeah. go of this but at yeah. this point I just I just don't have the I don't have the the, the bandwidth to to yeah. take that on and you know do what the job you want to do for it with it that's that's a great that's a that's a perfect example of something that required relentlessness in order to accomplish and Mm -hmm. became something that wasn't worth my energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I mean, I, I missed being a student so, so badly that I was really excited about going back to school and so I look I had looked at different options of like what could I do to go back to school so I thought like I could um like I had I'd already completed a master's of education so I thought well maybe I could do a master's of arts but then I was like what would I want to study I don't know and so then I thought well you know there's this really cool PhD program in education and like it looked kind of interesting and Um, And it was geared toward people who were like working as at the same time. Like it was geared toward people who were going to do their studies part time. And so I thought this sounds really cool. I was so excited to get into the program. And for the first two years of the program, it was coursework. And I loved the courses. I, it, for the first time in my life, I was like in classes where other people wanted to be there. Yeah. And like people had interesting things to talk about. And like, it was really, really great. And, and so then, but then after the first two years, the coursework was all finished. And then it was the time where I had to decide what I was going to research and do and start doing like a literature review and put together a proposal for a dissertation. And like, and that was not something that I was excited about. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the part of the learning that I wanted to be doing. It wasn't helping me with anything else in my life. And that was also the time when I when I joined WW again. And what became the most important part of my life was me and, and my health and my wellness. Yeah. And and so 
but I didn't have enough energy to be relentless about all of it. Yeah. So I was, you know, relentless about my, about my food and what I was eating and how I was fueling myself. And I was relentless about being active and I was, you know, and I had all these things and I could no longer be relentless about this extra, this extra schoolwork that I didn't really care about. Yeah. Um, but I was in that situation for two years, two and a half years before I finally decided like, I need, I think I need to give this up. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever made because I just, I felt, yeah, kind of like a failure for giving it up. But then I no longer feel that way now. Like I, I and even like rehashing it now with you and talking about it under the, like under the umbrella of this idea of like choosing what I wanted to be relentless about, like that is exactly what it is, right? Like it Mm -hmm. just wasn't, it wasn't firing me up. Yeah. You know? I can actually, I actually, we, Phil was running with us that day. Yeah, like I, actually, I even remember, I where, we remember were. where we were. I so can I, and that you've, you said that you had made that decision, but it was like a huge weight off of you yeah. to finally have like, let that go, made that decision. And then you were able, it's like anything, anytime we have one of those big things and we we think that we're ready to like make a decision but then we don't make that decision but it consumes a lot of energy even if we don't think it's consuming a lot of energy and affects everything that you do but you let it once you said like that was it it was like for you you could just tell it was like okay it's the right thing to do everything is good Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't doesn't change who you are or anything like that um and I don't even, I mean, just as we were talking about all this today, that's what re- I was reminded of, because I know for you that that's exactly what it was, is that you just did not have the fire and desire to do it the way you wanted to. Like, you would not yeah. have accepted anything less than that. And mm-hmm. so even if you had half-assed it, and your half-ass is probably someone else's 150%, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know how to half ass something. No, you would never, you would, you would never have been happy with it. Like yeah. you would, you would still not, you wouldn't have felt good about it. Even, no. even no. At, at the end of it, no. it still wouldn't have given you what, what you, what you, what you actually deserve, you know, yeah. that feeling yeah. that you deserve. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought about that as, as an example, but it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, I think it's true is like thinking about what is it that you're really passionate about and being relentless about it. So I, I mean, initially when you said that, I was like, yeah, but if you, you don't have the energy, like, I mean, it sounds, it's great. It sounds great. Like rah, rah, rah. But then I got to put it into practice. Mm. The other thing, though, the other thing, though, because I think sometimes there are things that maybe don't super excite us, but we know they're important. Mm -hmm. And so part of in order to make that something that we can be relentless about, part of it is finding something about it that we do like. But Mm -hmm. some of it, I think, and you 
hinted at this too when you were saying, you know, like you were just feeling kind of humdrum and tired and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, and then we started chatting and you kind of, you know, perked up a little bit. Like, I wonder if that social connection piece is really important too. Oh, yeah. Whether it's just to have the camaraderie or whether it's to have the accountability or in a lot of cases it's both. But I feel like it's easier to really be relentless about something when you are with another person. I, I always, always. Right? And I, I mean, yeah, because there, there are people, I mean, I don't, I, I tend not to bail on things. You also tend not to bail on things. I, I can't be friends with people who do tend to bail on things because I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand it. And so they yeah. end up bailing on me and then I'm very, annoyed yeah about it and uh i mean i can think about the people i'm friends with and yeah no one's a real no one's a bailer you know but part of that is i and maybe maybe that's part of just me you know at some level understanding how i've i operate and that i need to search out people that were like that also because I know that if you, if I have someone that's not going to be easily, if I was to say, oh, I'm not really feeling like it. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, then we, let's not do it. I'm not really feeling like it either. But Henny never says that. <laughs> you never say that. But that's good because I, but yeah. I also know you never say that. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't want to do anything with you if mm-hmm. if I really didn't want someone to be there to get me to do it when I don't really feel like doing it. Yeah. You know, which isn't all the time. That's, that's not all the time. No, no, no. But there's, but there's even times that we're like doing a online class and, and you can't even see me cause you're like, you're in Toronto and you're in your living room doing something and I'm in mine. And there are times that I think I could just like put this fit on thing on and just like sit here. <laughs> you could, you could press play and just sit and watch it happen. I could because I also know that once I activate it, that you get a thing that says Sandy is now just, <laughs> and if I was to shut it off, it would say that like, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I, I've, I've done those kind of things. Like, you know, it's like being a smart enough, like cheater is really what it is because you can't get, you don't want to get caught by doing something really like, it's like a dumb thief, you know, like, <laughs> So, but it, but it does, I, I feel a camaraderie. I feel an obligation. I feel a commitment yeah, uh, to you so that it's when it's with someone else that I'm relentless about it and by like saying, okay, I'm going to do it. Even though it's going to suck, I'm going to still do it. Like I, even though I don't really want to do it, sometimes I actually have those thoughts in my head and I can stop myself now and be like, why are you like saying, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this because mm-hmm. you're doing it anyways. And it's just making it worse yeah. by you like, you know, whinging in your head. You're yeah. not even saying it out loud. You're like <laughs> in your head saying, you know, and, and nobody's here to listen or care anyway. No, <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it is so a waste flip, of energy. <laughs> yeah. Flip the script. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Okay. So one of the other things was he had this analogy and the analogy was of a rowboat. So he's like, imagine you're in a rowboat and you're like rowing away. You've got the oars, you're rowing away. And then imagine you fall out of the boat and you don't have your oars anymore. It would be ridiculous to continue rowing. Yeah. And so the, 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 the analogy here is really to say like, 
sometimes what you expect isn't what's going to happen. And so you have to change your expectations, right? right? Like, you know, it's great when you're in the rowboat and you're rowing, but as soon as you're not in the rowboat anymore, yeah, it would be inappropriate. Better to start swimming. And yeah, <laughs> like it would be inappropriate to continue rowing. Like that's ridiculous. And yeah. so, and so he said, you know, you can't, you can't live a life that you expected to have. You have to live the life that yeah. you have. You yeah. can't expect other people to behave in a certain way because they're going to behave how they're going to behave. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't really, it, it was all this, you know, thinking about expectations, right? That you have yeah. to, you have to, you know, deal with what you've got and not what you thought you might have or what you hoped for or what you used to have. Like, you yeah. know, like you said, if you're not in the boat anymore, start swimming. Yeah. And I really, I liked that analogy because, yeah. you know, and once again, it's not a new idea. It, it goes back to that, you know, the adage about, you know, the definition of the definition of insanity being doing the same yeah. thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Right. It's the same thing. Right. right? Like it's just a yeah. different way of wording it that, right. you know, when, when we get a result doing one thing and we don't like that result, then stop doing that thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. or change your expectations and realize that as long as you do that thing, that's going to be your result. Yeah. And, and if you're like, and you can be happy with that result. Like who cares what it is? Yeah. But don't be mad about it. I guess is, is the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, but, but it's, it's like, you know, um, you, you've, it's about it's, it's it's about getting onto the scale once a week and and being like oh i'm not really sure what's going to happen what's going to happen when you know that you've maybe overeaten but you expect to see a loss mm -hmm. you know like you've had this whole like or you've gone on vacation and you've eaten out of your normal pattern of eating and then you get home and you step on the scale and you see you've got you've gained five pounds but now you're upset about it but yeah. you didn't do the work like it's about wanting a result but not doing the work for it yes right and we often want that we want to of see course. a result but we really didn't do any work for it and and so why why do we do that like why why do we why do we expect that i don't know we're lazy uh, yeah because i think so I don't, I don't know why we expect that. I mean, because, yeah. because we have so many other things. So then we just expect to have everything else. Like it's a, sort of a sense of entitlement. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who the knows? last thing about the last thing that he said in the book, and actually it's one of the very first chapters. And so, um, but I saved it for last Okay. The whole chapter is about this idea that everything that you accomplish or don't accomplish is really comes down to the idea of that you were either willing to do the work, this is kind of related to what we were saying, or you were unwilling to do the work. Yeah. And so the entire chapter is about if you want something, you have to be willing to do it. And if you mm -hmm. don't achieve something, it's because you were unwilling to do it. And so okay. I'm curious to hear what you have to say, because this was one of the very first chapters. And as soon as he started into it, I was like, I don't think that I buy that. And I wasn't. <laughs> 
convinced that I was going to continue the book. But I'm glad that really? I did because there were a lot okay. of other like little, well, like I've shared, there were all, a lot of other little like, you know, nuggets of wisdom in there that I quite enjoyed. Yeah. But this very first, this very first verse, this very first chapter <laughs> about being willing or unwilling, I think to an extent, you know, like I agree 100% with you that we can't expect something to happen if we don't do anything. Like I can't expect to get a paycheck if I don't work, right? Well. I <laughs> <laughs> Who's giving me a paycheck? <laughs> Not you, but maybe, well. maybe some others. Maybe some yeah. others. me personally cannot yeah. expect to get a paycheck yeah. if I don't work. Yeah. In fact, our entire school board had an issue about a month ago where no one got paid on payday. <laughs> that and that was an issue. <laughs> that was an issue. <laughs> um, but so this is so this is like I have to. I have to be willing to go to work if I want the paycheck. Right. I also can't expect my, I can't expect a weight loss on the scale if I, if I've spent the whole week um, eating, you know, tremendous amounts of junk food and, and, you know, laying around on the couch, you know, like if I was unwilling to eat well for my body, I can't expect uh, to lose your body weight. to react and yeah, yeah. like there are yeah. there there is to an extent there is something behind this that you have to be willing to put in work to do things where it falls apart for me is that sometimes we are very willing and there are other circumstances uh, okay and but, I also, and I also think that sometimes there are cases where we do put in a lot of work and we don't necessarily get the result that maybe we, fe- we feel we deserve. We feel we deserve. Okay. Okay. And and so that's fine because I mean there, when those and those things happen, and I think that once we really think about it, that there are often other things behind that. That maybe what we thought we needed to do wasn't exactly what what we were supposed to do to get the result we wanted. Sometimes it's that we put a lot of work in, but we're not the person that's evaluating the work that we put in. So we know what the result is that we that we want, but we're not the adjudicator for that. So mm-hmm. there's a whole, you know, other brain that has a whole different approach to whatever it is. So sometimes that happens. Sometimes I I do think that there are some cases sometimes Henny that we also need to be really realistic about what our own abilities are and that even when we do put in our best effort that sometimes the result that we want is just not one that we are going to achieve without maybe looking and getting help or support in a way that we need it. Mm-hmm. Because it it isn't it isn't necessarily that we haven't put all the put a, put our best effort into something and not received the result. It's just sometimes that our best is not our best is not good enough to get the result that we wanted. So we either have to adjust the result that we expect, yeah, or to look for some support or different way to yeah. approach whatever yeah. it is we want. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely with what you're saying, because I think, I think what, what didn't sit well with me about this idea of, you know, you just have to be willing is, yeah. you know, there's a real sense that some people have, I think that, you know, if you want something bad enough, yeah. you'll do it or you'll get it or you'll yeah. be it. And, and I don't buy into that. Completely. Yeah. I, I, and I, I don't either for, for, for some of the reasons that we've, that you know, you've already mentioned, about. yeah. but there's, but there's also a lot of other reasons in, in that, right. For that too. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't always believe that it's a lack of want on, on our part that things don't work out or we don't get what we, they don't, yeah, they, I mean, it's not, yeah, we don't get what we wanted. Yeah. Maybe sometimes we get what we deserve. Yeah. But, and then that's where the gap is. Maybe. There's a, there's a, sometimes that is, but, but sometimes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as, yeah. it's not as black and white as that, I guess. No, I guess. Saying. And that, for me, that was the thing, like, and, and that was, and I think because that was sort of how he started yeah. that I was like, oh, I, and maybe some of it too is like, I don't know if maybe some of it was because he's male that I also sort of felt like, who is this guy who's telling me that if I don't want something badly enough, I'm not going to get it. Like I just, yeah. it just was a little like rubbed me the wrong way. But then like from there, it moved into territory that I was much more um, in, in line with as far as my thinking. Like I, and so, you know, at the end of the day, it, I mean, it was such a quick little read that it was, uh, you know, um, not unpleasant. It was just that first little bit that I was like, but okay. Can I ask you, was this an audio book or did you read it in print? I listened, I listened to the audio book. So I, I just going to throw it out there. I wonder if it would not have had the same chalkboard. A, like abrasiveness. Yeah. 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 If, if you had read it, read the pages then to listen because of his tone of his voice. Like, yeah, I, I wonder. Because that, that probably does have some influence over sure. how the message was was received, received by you. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I just have a real problem with that simplistic way of thinking, right? That, And I mean, I recognize that this is supposed to be like a super short, quick self-help yeah. read. Like, and often if you're looking for a self-help book, you're looking for things to be pared down to their simplest terms. You're looking for a yeah. list of, you know, four or five things, tell me what to do, you know, like, and maybe that's why, I mean, it's surprising actually, like, I read a, a surprising amount of the self-help genre when I'm not actually that interested in the genre. You know, like I, 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 I'm not really that interested in self-help, but, uh, but I think that's why, because I don't like, you know, let's take yeah. these big issues and pare them down to three quick steps, you know, like I, I, I don't want that. I'd rather talk about the issues or, you know, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. but I, yeah, I mean, and, and it, it's just that it's not the book for you because you're already beyond that. But for somebody who wants something who's just, who hasn't, is just starting to sort of percolate and think about things differently. But, but I mean, that's, that's a good point because for sure, not everyone is at the same, is in the same place as far as 
you know, their own sort of deeper thinking about things. So maybe it was just that we're just thinking too deeply about it. <laughs> Instead of taking it as as maybe it was supposed to be face value. Well, it, and I think yeah. that and I think that it is, I mean, even with the title, like I think that it is meant yeah. to be punchy and tongue in cheek and yeah. you know, and and like I said, for the most part, it was quite enjoyable. It was just like right off the bat when he was like, you know, pretty yeah. much like if you don't have success, it's because you didn't want it badly enough, you know? Like, and oh, I was like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> so, but you know, thank goodness for Henny because she'll continue to listen. Where at that point, Sandy would have been like, yeah. That's right. You delete. Yeah. You would have sent stop. you a message saying, can't do it. This guy is really annoying me done yeah whereas <laughs> you I always persevere I'll persevere and see it through <laughs> and then allow us to have this deeper discussion about it so exactly. which is perfect well, and, and there were some good little nuggets in yeah. there there were some little yeah. little uh pieces of gold I think <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's finish today with something that is not at all deep and serious Okay. There, this was a link that was sent to me ages ago by uh, by Tim, and it was this link that was all, it's from thelanguagenerds.com, and okay. it's all these different things that Americans say that you wouldn't understand if you weren't American. And okay. he sent it to me mostly just because, like, he loves language and I love language as well. And so he thought that would be, like, I might be interested in. But I think he also sent it to me because he is actually American and we're North American. But so he's always interested in how our language is different. But I have to say yeah. that most of these, like, it says, why do Americans say this? For most of them it applies to Canadians as well. Like we say these things as well. And so I highlighted a yeah. few of them that I thought were particularly like funny or interesting. So one of them says, why do Americans say, of course, when you say thank you to them? And like, Sandy, I do that. Like, so do I. I often will we'll text say, you. Oh, You'll be like, and I'll say, of course. Yeah. I yeah. was going to say, I think I even will text that as a response to thank yeah. you. <laughs> Yes, I do and, too. And so whoever has written this article has said, like, why do they do that? Isn't that kind of rude? <laughs> but I don't know. I don't I don't think of it as rude. So, but you know what? So my, Graham, my youngest, he will often say that. Well, of course. Like, you know, I'll say, oh, did you do? Because I'll say, hey, oh, did you know, blah, blah, blah. Or did you do this? Of course. Mm. Well, like, I, and so as a text, I'm reading it, it's like, of course. What are you stupid? Yeah. I obviously know and how that, to do that. And that would you know be I, rude. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it is, but I just that's how I read it, you know? Yeah. That yeah. that's what it's saying to me. But for me it's like if someone like if I do something or if like hand something to someone and then they say thank you, then I'm like, Well of course. Yes. Like like of course yes. I would do that for you. Like Yeah. Like it's yeah. almost like a way of even saying you don't even have to thank me for that. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. that was that was funny. Okay. So then the next one is, why do Americans say, "Are you kidding me right now?" Would someone be kidding you yesterday or in a few minutes <laughs> or tomorrow? <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Very funny. 
Are you kidding me right now? As opposed to like, are, are you, you going to be kidding? Yeah, are you going to be kidding me in a few minutes? <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? But, but we say, are, are you serious? Well, no, I'm joking, right? But we, we, it's yeah. the same thing. Are you kidding me right now? But I yeah. guess not, because right now it implies that it's just yeah. yeah right at this very second. Okay. But sorry. even but even <laughs> just to say like, are you kidding me? Or are you yeah. serious? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> no. All right. Why do Americans say pardon my French after swearing in English? Why? I don't know, but we say that too. But why? I don't know. Well, I know, but we need to know. And that's like, obviously like, but like, why do we say pardon my French? Why don't we say like, oh, pardon my Spanish? Like, like, why, why do we talk about curse words as if they're French when, when they are definitely not? And when you, when I just Googled it, it says pardon my French. It says informal, used to apologize for swearing. Yeah, weird. <laughs> I never even okay, thought yeah. about, like, I never I even, you, yeah. The phrase was originally used in England when someone used a French word when speaking to a person who may not understand French. Due to the history of conflict between France and England, pardon my French, came to be a dig against the French. Okay, all right, that does make sense. So interesting. I hadn't even really considered that it was weird that we said that until I read it here. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is weird. And, and now I've looked something else. This phrase is used in conversation when someone swears or curses and is a request for forgiveness for using a taboo language. Mm -hmm. So that's what so it it's it's a it's a dig. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. OK, here here's one. I think you'll get okay. a kick out of this one. Why okay. do Americans say tuna fish? Oh, tuna fish. That thanks for clarifying. I thought tuna was a new breed of spaniel. That's what it says. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Why don't they just say tuna? I don't know. Or and I say they. I mean, we do it too. We say tuna fish yeah. as well. I don't say tuna fish. I just say you want tuna in that. I'm having tuna. I would also say tuna, but I think in my life I have definitely said tuna fish. Okay. Like a tuna fish sandwich, you might say? Yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Exactly. A tuna fish sandwich. Yeah, but why? I, I don't know. That's, that's an odd thing to say. Hmm. Yeah, so that was, okay. There's a couple more. So here's, the, oh, this is great. Why do Americans say the whole entire thing when referring to all of something? It's either the whole thing or the entire thing. <laughs> like, it's like, like it, it, it really is saying the same word two times. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, it must be like, just because we're exaggerating, like we're emphasizing something, right? It's, it's hyperbole, right? It's just to yeah. be extra. Extra. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Okay. Last one. Yeah. Why do Americans say grilled cheese when that is a sandwich that is actually fried in a pan? <laughs> it just cracks me up because you're right. I have never made grilled cheese like under a grill. On a grill. On a grill. Like I've only ever made grilled cheese in a frying pan. So why is it called like a fried cheese sandwich? Isn't, isn't that what it should be called? I think so. I think so. I think so too. I, I, I don't know. English is weird. 
It is. <laughs> we say some really strange things. Anyway, that's all I've got for you, Sandy. <laughs> Okay, Henny, can I just ask you, Tim Horton's release of the, the of Justin Bieber's, did you get a Timbit? Nope. Did you see one? Nope. I saw a picture on Instagram of someone who had posted like a picture with like a box of them, but I didn't even see the actual Timbit. So I know I haven't even seen them. Yeah. Was that Gustard the dog? It was. Because <laughs> Gustard the dog is a believer. <laughs> I saw that. It was very cute. <laughs> it was very funny. Very cute. So, so I've heard because there was special merchandise size also, and that oh. it's like already like resale value of this stuff. Yeah, there was. I saw that they were selling like a toque and a fanny pack or something. I'm like, Justin Bieber is not wearing a fanny pack. Just FYI. Okay, but a toque it. would. But a toque would be fun. Yeah, but it was like a Tim Hortons toque, and then it, they also, and then it was also like a bag, a, a, a can, like, a, a, like bag. a tote bag. Oh. Yeah, but they didn't say like Belieber or Bieber or anything oh. on them. So they I'm not just, really. Yeah, but I think that, that maybe is what they're talking about. But anyways, you know what do I know? I just I I went in looking for the Bieber bits, <laughs> Bieber's bits. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see them. I don't, I don't know. I I, was, I thought it was a sour, a sour cream glaze with, with chocolate chips in it. Is what I, I thought, thought the Timbit was. Well, I thought there were two different flavors. I thought that was one. Okay. Yeah. And then I thought the other was supposed to be like birthday cake waffle or something. Ooh, jumping. That sounds tasty. I think, I think, but I don't, but I don't actually okay. know. I just saw a commercial. Okay. Well, so you know. maybe by the next time we've talked, I will have got least, me one and froze it. At least have ventured into a Tim Hortons to take a look. Okay. Bieber donuts. And I need to know, are these like forever until he's not the, oh my gosh, he's doing some super cute promos for it too. I'm sure. Yep. And merchandise. Oh, it is. It's called. It is a toque and it says Tim Biebs. I mean, I think I want the toque. I think that's, I mean, not that I usually wear a toque, but I think I would wear it. Oh, it's a chocolate white fudge. Sour, hands on chocolate white fudge. So that's one Timbit. Sour cream chocolate chip and birthday cake waffle flavored Timbits. There you go. Tim, Be Tim Biebs, Timbits. I mean, yum. That all sounds great. Why is the Timbit? Because it's Justin's favorite menu item. Very cute. Oh, his Instagram yesterday was very cute. He's got a Timbit up at his eye. Love it. Very cute. I know. <laughs> well, cute. if anyone listening has had the Tim Biebs Timbits, the new flavors, you'll have to weigh in and let us know how they were. Yeah, please. And Please, if you and if you think of other funny things we say, like things that we say but don't actually make much sense, share those too, <laughs> those, because those are fun. <laughs> and and we mean Canadians in general, not just Henny and I. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> because I've got my whole list that are just personal to me. So. <laughs> oh right, dear. Henny, it was great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for perking me up. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care. Ciao. Bye.